Welcome back to another episode of Straight from the CPA's Mouth. I'm Meredith Allen with the CPA Education Foundation, and I will be your host for this episode. We are back with psychologist, author, and public speaker, Dr. Jody Carrington. If you're able to listen in on our latest episode, we discuss the challenges of living through periods of isolation, emotional dysregulation, and fatigue thanks to a very long COVID year. Today's conversation will focus on acknowledging those feelings and how we work through emotions and continue to support one another. Grab a cup of coffee and let's chat. 150,000 new businesses are created in Canada each year, but only emotional intelligence is a critical skill for leaders. How do I develop artificial intelligence will take over analytics, big data, trend analysis. that Alberta needs to diversify its economy, but how do we do that? Create new opportunities for young innovators. Filter out the noise. Hear it straight from the CPA's mouth. Welcome back, Dr. Jody Carrington. I'm so happy you're here again. I'm so happy to be here again. <laughs> well, this conversation is so meaningful, especially during these challenging times. And I am so grateful that we're able to bring you back for part two. I'm so grateful to be back for part two. We, I just felt like last time we just got rolling. We talked about all the hard things. And we kind of ripped hearts open. And now I hope we can kind of step into this one about, okay, so what do you do? So that's really great when we're all exhausted and dysregulated and overwhelmed. Uh, what do we do to help us stay in the game so that we can continue to serve other people? So I'm, I'm excited to jump into that with you today, Meredith Allen. And, you know, you talked a little bit about Brene Brown in our last episode, and uh, I'm a big fan of Brene. And she always talks about stepping into vulnerability. Whew. Stepping in, putting your boots on, stepping into vulnerability. And so I think this episode is really going to be helpful for a lot of our listeners today about, okay, so what's next? So what do we do? How do we, you know, continue to move forward? So Jody, uh, we talked a bit about, you know, being wired to do hard things, but you've also been known to say we are also wired for connection. And what happens when the only source for connection is through a device, like a tablet, computer, or phone? And we're experiencing this notion of Zoom fatigue. I've experienced it. I know a lot of people have experienced it. You know, after a hard day of work, you're on your computer, and now you want to connect with family or friends, but you just don't have the capacity to do it. So how do you uh, handle that dichotomy of knowing it's important not only to make connections um, throughout this pandemic, but also preserving yourselves so you don't burn out at both ends? Mm. That's such an interesting question because I think, let's define burnout real quick, because I think that it's a sexy word that everybody's throwing around right now. And it's it's accurate, but I want you to know what that means. And so it's, it's actually a, a term that was developed by Herbert Freudenberger in 1974. Uh, so this isn't new. I mean, we've noticed this in organizations uh, or institutions for a very long time. And what he talked about was there's three components to burnout. One is emotional exhaustion. Number two is compassion or lack of compassion. And number three is a, a feeling of futility. And so you can imagine, let's just take those real quick. Emotional exhaustion means you or your culture in your organization are tired to your bones. Emotional exhaustion is not just like it's tax season, we're tired, we're staying up late, we're getting up early, we're doing all those things. But it's like, I don't understand what's going on here. Like I, I go to bed at seven, I never go to bed. And then I wake up tired. 
or I go to bed and I'm so exhausted that I finally like let myself go to sleep. And then I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, like, and I'm like, relax, Uh, you know? And so your body to the core is just emotionally exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. The second thing that Fredberger talked about so many years ago was that you will notice in staff or people who are burned out is a lack of compassion. Okay. And so it's like, this scares people because you typically don't walk into a staff room or call other people and be like, Hey, do you hate your kids? Cause I do. Do you, uh, you know, want to throat punch every client that calls you? Um, and because people are, are not really supposed to have those conversations like, no, no, we're good. We love our clients. Like you don't. And so then here's what happened. Like, I'll give you an example of this. So in this small town, uh, many people where I'm working and my practices, uh, many people know who I am. And I have a platform around reconnection and kindness and all those things. Yeah? So when I'm out in the community, I make it like my mission to be very conscious of that. So I wave at people and I'm doing the things and I know how exhausted people are these days. And I love it. I do it for me as much as I do it for other people. And so I was in the Walmart last week and I noticed this about myself that I was like, anyway, so I, I came upon, I don't know if you've ever went the wrong way down a grocery store aisle in the last few months. Yeah. Many times. <laughs> very bad choices. And so what happened is I'm in the Walmart and I come down and I don't even notice, but I'm going the wrong way down the aisle. And I see this farmer fellow, you got a mask on and I'm waving, I'm doing the thing. I was thinking, Oh gosh, it must be hard for him to wear a mask. I bet he hates this as much as I do. And so I said, Hey, I wave. And he says to me, ah, 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 ah. and he starts pointing down. Yeah. And I was like, Oh wow. Like I, maybe I'm in danger. Like maybe you meant get down. I don't know. I said, Oh, are you okay? And he said to me, you're going the wrong way. Now, I'm a nice person. And I understand what it means to have empathy and people are done. But do you know what my first thought was without hesitation? I wanted to ram, I had a vision of it, actually. I was going to ram my car right into his, I was going to ride up and just let him. And then in my head, I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? Where, what is going on? And I was just like, oh, okay. So I turned my cart and I went around the other way and I went home because I was very mad. And I had this reflection, you know, sort of when we're, I was like, wow, like I am so overwhelmed. I don't like people. I like, I could have physically wrought that guy right down. Like, and I would have loved it apparently in that moment. So it's like, we start to lose this compassion and it kind of scares us a little bit. And it's something that we typically don't talk about. Okay. So that's number two. Number three is futility which means we get, we start to feel a futility about our work, about even being in this human race. Who really cares? It's all for nothing. We're inundated by all of these things that we try to make great, you know, gains in social justice and everything starts to, you know, go wrong or nobody really cares about work anyways. These people are working from home and they're cutting out at three o'clock having beers on their deck. You know what? Why do I work so hard? You're not going to do it. I'm not going to, it just feels so futile. Okay. So when those Mm -hmm. certain things are present, you can imagine that staff productivity, that um, sort of investment in a company or community decreases exponentially. Yep. Mm -hmm. So burnout becomes a thing that in this moment is going to become a very huge reality because we're exhausted. Now, the antidote to burnout, this is going to be a shocker to you, is acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. Because you don't get tired of serving, you get tired when people don't notice. And I'm not talking about accolades. I'm talking about connection. So you'll say, Meredith, this was the best interview you've ever done. My gosh, I can tell like your skills have increased so significantly. Um, I love the questions you asked. This was such a joy. I would really, if you would ever have me back again, I would love it. Right. And when you do that, I mean, do you want, I mean, we have this idea then that, okay, like what else could we, this is what, yeah. 
acknowledgement matters so much in this process. And then here's the deal. When you are tired and overwhelmed, you can't acknowledge another human being. And so the answer for me, which is now the roundabout response to your question, is when we are so tired, it's going to be hard to do these things. So how do we keep ourselves in the game? The answer for me is one word. And I keep it on a sticky note on my computer, uh, on my wind or on my mirror at home. And it's one word. And it says reconnect. Because see, connection is easy. Reconnection is how do I get back up and get in the game? How do I apologize when I scream at my husband? How do I then be able to sit with my kids after we have a massive meltdown? How do I reconnect? Connection is not bad. I can buy people a coffee and wave. How do I reconnect? That's what keeps me in the game. So there's three things in this world of reconnect that really matter to me. And so you can just make a note of these. I'm sure all of you are making notes about this, but if you're not, now's the time to write this down. Number one, reconnect to, first of all, without a doubt, reconnecting to your um, purpose, your why, right? Why do you do the things you do? And that is the thing that I think is so critically important and it's so hard. The way that I get there first is by number two and number three. Number two is reconnecting to my people on a daily basis. And I mean, your people do not need, if you require a bra or to do your hair, those are not your people, okay? No, no. I mean the ones who remind you you're amazing, okay? Uh, I want you to think about who they are on your list right now. Maybe your top three, okay? Uh, your partner, um, your best friend from college, your mama, your cookum, whoever that might be. You get those in your head right now and you reconnect with them, which means you send them a text in this moment and you say, I don't know if I tell you this enough, but you matter to me. Okay. If they are no longer on this planet, you go for a drive or a walk today and you have a conversation. I promise you they will answer. The importance of reconnecting, of slowing it down in that moment means your soul will be right with the world. Okay. So that's, we got, we got our why, we got our people. And the last thing that I always think about, which is Eastern philosophically, uh, or Eastern philosophical practices have known this for far longer than we have, but it's simply this reconnecting to your breath. And what's that, what that does in the moment. So if you're listening right now, well, all I want you to do is take a deep breath. Like, I mean, don't just fake it, but really again, as you said at the beginning of the last episode, drop your shoulders, the tongue goes from the roof of your mouth, and then wiggle your toes. And when you feel that calm body, that is the part of your ledger that's going to allow you to continue to serve and be the dad you want to be, or the partner you want to be, or the grandparent you want to be. You do not have access to the good parts of you when you are emotionally disconnected. Mm -hmm. So this word reconnect means matter, you know, matters so much to me. And my why, for example, number three, uh, which I said this number one before, but here's the deal. It's why reconnect, or why breath? And um, just truly, truly this idea about, you know, your people. Those are the three things that matter the most. It is often my why that that is the reason I do number one and number two. And your why always comes back to that Ram Dass quote that we talked about. Listen, we're just here walking each other home. That's your. That's why you're on the planet. If you've lost your pers- purpose and your passion, what, 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 what's your legacy about? What's your legacy about? If your legacy is about having a huge bank account, you better be using it in some way to serve to enjoy your family, to make memories, to belly laugh with your babies, to dance in your, mm-hmm. yeah. But I promise you, it's never about a number. It's always about an emotion or a connection. And so mm-hmm. 
why are you doing it? Listen, my why is over my shoulder on a quote that I keep, I look at every single day because I forget it most days. We are all just here walking each other home. You know, after uh, last week's episode, I brought that home into my own home, uh, into my house actually. And I started thinking a, a little bit more about that. And as soon as I sent that text to a friend, um, you know, I was able to, you know, connect with my sister. Mm. You get uh, lovely endorphins that come back into you, right? And that make you just so happy. And it's kind of like when you get back into the gym, right? And you're thinking, oh, goodness, I don't want to get back on that treadmill. Please, 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 I don't want to do it. You get on, you you work out, you sweat, you get awesome endorphins that come um, back into you and you're just, you're happy. You actually, you think a lot clearer. And I think that way too, with that power of connection, we're chatting right now and my cup is filling up, Dr. Jody. It is, is filling up a, a lot and I, and we don't know each other, right? We just know each other in a professional sense, but it, it, it's even as small as that is connecting with people that you work with on a different level, letting them know how you feel. Now, the other thing I want to chat with you today is around uh, touch deprivation. So hugs, handshakes, that is part of, our, you know, our repertoire of human interaction. What do we do moving forward? You know, our handshakes going to come back in, hugging your mom, hugging your grandma. You know, it still feels like there's some, right now in the pandemic, there is a fear associated around that. But once we move out of this, how do we come? How do we come back to that and be able to hug the people that we love? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the simple answer to that is one step at a time. I think that um, you know, without a doubt, we're wired for it. I mean, if you ever watch people, I mean, their their inclination is to just. I mean, how many times have I had this conversation where I step into somebody and like, oh, oh, sorry, and often followed with, "Are we doing this? Are you okay with what?" what bup, bup, bup? And pretty soon, the question is going to be, "Have you had the vaccine?" Uh, and I think it won't take long to get back into that rhythm. I think we will be conscious of it probably for years to come. Um, but it's probably, you know, not necessarily a bad thing. We know that the physical disconnection from each other can't last forever. Uh, there may be another season that makes it difficult to do that. And, you know, we will manage that one too, but it's really in this, in this, I think, understanding that we're wired for this. And it's sort of like when you haven't done a thing for a little while, um, it takes you a little bit to sort of get over that fear. I, I often see this in kids too, about like, like, especially, you know, kids in the last year who are really developmentally uh, influential in this idea of put your mask on. No, 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 you can't touch. You can't do these things. And don't hug grandpa. Watch this. And it, there will be a relearning of making that safe again. There will be a reinvestment uh, in that process, but we're wired for it. So I, I really mm-hmm. have no concerns in that regard. I think it'll be a thing where we are conscious of it. And perhaps, you know, for the physical safety of many of us, it's okay that we're conscious of that. But how do we be very also aware of how critically important that is, um, I think, is is just the kicker. Mm-hmm. Oh, I dream about the day I can I can hug my parents again. That is, I bet you I'm do. dreaming about it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So as we work towards the finish line of COVID-19, you know, with the promise of vaccines and, and, you know, all of us as a community coming together, walking each other home, getting us through it, what have you learned from this pandemic? And are there any practices from last year or currently that you plan to hold on to? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I think that, okay, so first of all, I'm, I'm going to, this is probably not the best time for this, but I don't think we're through it. I don't, I don't think we're anywhere near it. And in fact, I think what I really would like to say is that I think we really need to buckle up around the idea that the emotional fallout from this 
has not even began to settle in because we're not even through the state of heightened arousal around, are we safe? Are you safe? Who's getting the vaccine? What's happening? And what our body keeps the score. And so when we're really on edge about, is the school going to close? Is this going to happen? What's going to, I mean, we're still there. I mean, we're not talking about vaccines for kids even. It's not even on the radar. Uh, just yet. So I think in our education system, I think in so many ways, we are still going to be in that heightened state of arousal um, for a while. And what I think is then even more critical is this idea of how do we do everything in our power to stay connected and acknowledge each other, that there's no senior government official or leader that's going to be able to just guide us in the right ways, other than to give us permission to stay engaged with each other. Now, what I would say is critically important. I mean, I know this is a podcast, but anytime I do a talk, anytime I do any, always have cameras on always, even in, in the course of things, if I, if I have the ability to send a video message over a text message, I'll do it. If I have the ability to send a video over an email, I'll do it. If I have the capacity to FaceTime my parents instead of just text them, I'll do it because it's this idea of don't underestimate that power. And I think what's really critical, um, you know, even in this, this state of, you know, being disconnected in this moment, I have learned that the, the, the one practice that I will continue to incorporate is the power of connecting to my clients, this community virtually. I will never, never again not have a virtual component to the events that we do uh, because I think your ability to reach and serve is exponentially greater now because of the technological advances that we've been forced into in the last year. In my private practice, if you would have told me a year and a half ago that you that I could have a first session with somebody virtually, I would say not a chance. I see a lot of first responders and I like, I need them in the room. I feel so strongly about that. Now I've been shocked by how effective you can be in garnering relationships because we've had to virtually. Now, is it ideal to be in the same physical space as people? Yep. Yep. If for most people, it is ideal. However, there's a certain part of this population that are much more comfortable not being in the same room first, right? Now, if we can get through the technological issues, which is often the barrier to so many people, um, I think it really opens us up to a world. I've connected with people all over this planet that I would have never, ever even considered if it wasn't for this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so there's a piece of that that I think has really made me become so aware of how um, useful you know, this, this connection can become. So uh, mm -hmm. that, that's actually, that will absolutely be a, a part that we will mm -hmm. maintain. I think, uh, I think a lot of organizations, companies, education, they're all looking at that hybrid model. How can we incorporate both face-to-face -face learning, face-to-face -face meetings, but, but pair it with uh, a virtual platform that allows people from communities, uh, you know, that aren't, let's say, able to come into big urban centers like Edmonton, like Calgary, but can still feel connected, can still be part of a conversation. So I think that will always still, you're right, I think that's going to move forward. But correcting things like connectivity and making it more accessible, that will still be uh, an area that, you know, constantly needs improving. So everyone feels like they're part, um, part of the team, part of the group, part of the conversation. Uh, and to your point, uh, with that power of connection. So we've learned a lot through COVID. Um, but I, I want to know what's next for you, Dr. Jody. I heard you have a pretty special conference coming up in May. Can you talk a little bit about that? So this year, um, we really made it our effort to be like, okay, so because here's what's cool about this is that prior to 
the COVID, I was speaking on stages around North America. And it was really at this part of my career where I'd written my first book, the second book is coming out. And it was really getting like, we were so excited as a team because this message of connection was sort of taking hold, not only in, uh, you know, first responder organizations and in the institution of education, but like we were speaking to oil field companies and like accountants, can you even imagine? And we were starting to have this like big momentum. And I was like, this is amazing. And then of course COVID hit, everything stopped. So we were like, how can we make this accessible? And speaking about this sort of, you know, uh, virtual approach, we, we just, we said, let's do four virtual events a year where we can invite people in this community onto our platform. Who do we serve? We serve um, largely, people regardless of age, race, socioeconomic status, religion, gender identity. Okay, so let's hold a day for community. And then let's hold a day where we identify women in a female energy. Let's hold a day for first responders and one for teachers. And so the next one coming up is the day before Mother's Day on May 8th. It's called Together Braver. And it's going to encompass everything that we talked about today, except I've invited some people on that stage who I think are some of the most powerful women in leadership and in sort of creating a space that is safe for people to use emotional language, men and women included. And uh, it's on May 8th. And I'm so freaking excited about it because people like Fortune Feimster, who is one of my finest like comedians on the planet, is coming. Jillian Harris. Very funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Mason Fortune. And so how do we bring some joy? I think we sit with the winners because when you sit with the winners, the conversation is different. If Misery loves miserable company. So pay close attention. If you're sitting with the crotchety old ones who decide that this is the end of the world, this has been the worst thing that's ever happened to us, that our legacies are all a disaster as a result of it, you will believe it. And so how do we make sure that we're really conscious of who we sit with in order to create sort of the next season as potentially our best that we've ever had? So I would love your community to join us on that day or on social media or whatever. I mean, I, I, I think that for some reason, this community that is surrounding this platform of ours is some of the finest people on the planet. So well, I'm actually hoping, I think I might look online today and, and get myself a ticket because I think the conversation, the women attending, is going to be very powerful. So for our listeners today, more information on this virtual event, Together Braver, will be available in the show notes on the Knowledge Center's website. Yeah. So that's great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Dr. Jody, for being part of this conversation. It has truly been a privilege to be able to connect with you today through our podcast. I am to the moon, full of excitement. My cup is full. And I, yeah, thank you. We hope to one day bring you back. Oh, I would love that, Meredith. It was such a joy to sit with you. I can feel your energy and um, what a gift to this community you are. So thank you for having me. Uh, take care of each other, guys. Stay positive, test negative. This episode of Straight from the CPA's Mouth featured Dr. Jody Carrington, psychologist, author, and public speaker, sharing her knowledge, compassion, and expertise on human connection and emotion during the global crisis. Don't forget to subscribe to Straight from the CPA's Mouth mailing list for exclusive content. And as always, if you have any ideas for future episodes or have any feedback you would like to share, email us at knowledgecenter at cpaalberta.ca or leave us a comment on social media. And finally, if you would like to learn more about the Heshi CPA Knowledge Center, check us out online at cpaalberta.ca slash foundation. Thanks for listening. Straight from the CPA's Mouth is brought to you by the CPA Education Foundation. The CPA Education Foundation is the charitable arm of the Alberta CPA profession, providing up to $1.2 million each year in support of business and accounting education in the province. 
This podcast is just one of many resource materials available through the HESHI CPA Knowledge Center. This virtual hub features Alberta CPAs sharing their unique perspective and vast expertise on topics and issues such as leadership, finance, entrepreneurship, and more. Visit cpaalberta.ca slash foundation for more information on the HESHI CPA Knowledge Center and to learn how Alberta CPAs inspire success.